Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. How's it going, Katie? It's good. How about yourself? I'm good. I would have been better had that false start for the podcast a few minutes ago <laughs> actually not You happened. should have heard what we recorded, you guys. You should have heard it. We had an amazing show. <laughs> Luckily, it was only like two minutes worth of a show, but now we're really doing it. We're really... I see the numbers and they're moving. Um... Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be talking about possible nominees for the Album of the Year Award at the upcoming 2020 Grammys. Who are the strongest contenders? And who are some of the possible surprise spoilers waiting to snatch a nomination? Well, we will discuss all of that in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider. Like and subscribe so you won't miss Mm -hmm. an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Also want to say, as a listener note, we are in a different room than we normally record the show, so if you hear a weird humming in the background, we can't help it. Sorry. But you may not even be able to hear it. It could be just <laughs> us hearing it, and listeners can't even hear it, but I'm just saying that as like full disclosure in case someone's like, man. The audio files among us. Man, you guys, get it together. <laughs> okay, so let's talk Grammys. The 2020 Grammy Award nominations will be announced on November 20th. And the eligibility period for the upcoming awards ran from October 1st, 2018 through August 31st, 2019. And what is now a continuing series for us, Hmm. we are taking a look at possible contenders for the Album of the Year category. Since we have previously done episodes focused on Record of the Year... And Best New Artist. Next week, we're doing we're going to do Best Surround Sound Album. <laughs> I was like, guess what's next? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Album of the Year category recognizes a full album. Not a single song, not the writing of a single song, not the recording or production of a single song, but the album as a whole. So that can mean everything from writing and production to the album, to the mastering and the engineering, the, the, the whole shebang. Yes, there are many nominees involved in uh, an Album of the Year nomination. Oh, yeah. Uh, So let's look at some of the likely contenders for Album of the Year. And uh, as always, we have consulted our awards editor, Paul Grine, who he has been writing very insightful stories about forecasting for the Grammys for months and months and months on Billboard.com. Yeah, almost like every two days, there's like a new like Grammy watch. Yes, and Album of the Year so far is his most solidified pre-nomination article where he makes his picks for the eight albums he expects to be nominated yeah so we'll see how well he does so here are actually the eight albums that paul thinks are probably locks for a nomination for album of the year and there are there are eight possible slots there are eight nominations i'm assuming i think they will do eight i don't think they will veer away from that and suddenly oh sorry there's a tie it's only seven yeah wasn't there isn't there a thing with the oscars where the oscars have it different where yeah they have a way like if it doesn't if it doesn't reach a certain threshold then they won't have the full 10 nominees i think it's different for the grammys yeah so we're gonna go with eight yeah um here are the five albums that paul thinks are definite locks um billy eilish's when we all fall asleep where do we go taylor swift's lover Ariana Grande's Thank You, Next, 
Lizzo's Cause I Love You, specifically the deluxe version of the album, and Marin Morris's Girl. And then to round out those eight nominations, he has chosen these three final picks, though he does not refer to them as locks. And those are Khalid's Free Spirit, Tyler the Creator's Igor, and Beyonce's Homecoming, the live album. Okay, so should we kind of just discuss these eight and think, in our opinion, yeah, is Paul right? I mean, <laughs> we respect Paul. Let's just start with that. Yes. Also, he listens. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Um, <laughs> but really, let's let's talk about what what we think out of those eight. What are your like strongest picks from those? Okay, I think Billy, Ariana, and Lizzo are kind of like done deals. Those are your locks. My Yeah, I'm like, I think those are just, there's no, I don't see any way that they're not nominated. Two of those are also my locks. Okay. I think Billy and Lizzo are locks. Do we, uh, do we think any of these eight are like just knocking on the door, like clearly right about to get in? Or are they all kind of like in the same mix? I think you and I disagree on this one, but I think... I think Taylor Swift's Lover has a really good shot. Um, and I know that Reputation missed the cut mm-hmm. a few years back. Um, and so a lot of people are wondering whether or not, you know, she used to be a pretty reliable pick for this category. But knowing that she can be left out of the mix, will Lover make the cut? I think that since Lover has been released and has been critically and, you know, uh, commercially consumed... I think the opinion has only gotten better. And maybe Mm. it's from her uh, performances of the songs, uh, taking the non-singles out for a spin a lot, taking, uh, you know, SNL. She did uh, Lover, which is a single, I believe. I don't know if they ever officially released that as a single, did they? Mm, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, But she's in the Tiny Desk concert. She's been doing some deeper cuts from it. And I think that has only raised the opinion and uh, the credibility of the album. So... I think I think I would put that in my locks. Yeah, I don't think that's a lock necessarily, but I think considering her track record, she's probably a lot more likely than some other people. Than some other people outside of these eight. It's interesting that Paul chooses Marin Morris. I think that he is smartly thinking that there will be a country representative in this category. Um, Casey Musgraves won last year for, or this year, I should say, 2019 for album of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's smart to think that there will be a country contender. And I think Marin's a pretty good option. I just don't, I wouldn't say lock. Yeah, I mean, I think you you look at it and you think you, there should be some sort of country representation in the category, and if anyone, it could be Mary Morris. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's a very logical thing to think of. I and think I, if you, I don't want to skip ahead, but can I say one other thing? Just because in Paul's article he mentions what he, in, to his mind, are three other very strong country contenders who oh. I guess could be. You know, trying to get that Marin spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and those would be Eric Church's Desperate Man, Thomas Rhett's Centerpoint Road, and Kane Brown's Experiment. So well, those I are all ones like to think Marin's about. I feel like Marin's the strongest I think Paul made the right choice. As far if there is a country contender, I think he made the right choice. I feel like is it like is they, they, Beyonce getting nominated for a live album. I don't know about that. Yeah, Paul's written a lot about this because it's uh, it, it hasn't happened in a while. It used to be a lot more regular, um, uh, and I don't want to misquote his reporting, 
Um, but I do remember him talking about uh, P- Tony Bennett's MTV Unplugged, for instance, winning. Yeah, it's not highly normal, but if it's but like, that was like early '90s, so yeah. it has been a long time since that uh, since that has happened. But it was undeniably a huge pop culture moment when she performed at Coachella. Yes, um, and but and the, there was a, like a minor hit off of that album too with uh, the uh, Frankie Beverly cover. cover. Yeah, yeah. I, yes, there was. So you can see how there is a road to a nomination yeah. there. And it's also Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. And Paul also said in his reporting that uh, it could be considered sort of a makeup call for maybe the, you know, Academy choosing Adele over Lemonade, you know, a few years ago or something like that. Like the like, grant- so th- so he's suggesting that maybe if she gets nominated, she could win for this. He as, like, a it didn't say award. win. It's more like that they he thinks that a nomination is more likely because it's this like idea of the Grammys or the Recording Academy like owing Beyonce something. It's like hey, Adele doesn't have anything out this year. Here's yeah. the chance. <laughs> um, I think all of Paul's suggestions in these eight, and we have to move on. Yeah. All these eight are very quality contenders. I think Tyler, the creator is kind of an outside shot, but it did get great critical reviews. And it does feel like hip hop should also be represented in this area. And should, should be some sort of hip hop. album. Yeah. And as Paul has also noted, sorry, I'm just regurgitating Paul, but Drake did not enter his, uh, care package, care package compilation. Um, so, and Drake is pretty reliably nominated here. Right. Uh, Chance the Rapper is, uh, a possibility for, uh, his, what is it? The big day. Yep. Um, but as you and I were discussing earlier, that was not the most warmly received Chance project, even though Chance himself is beloved and embraced. Right. Um, okay. So Paul also had a whole list of kind of other albums that he framed as possibilities that have, you know, that are in at least the discussion. Yeah, um, and, and he also is aware of what is actually entered. So yes. these are things that are actually entered into contention. And then Katie and I, so we're not going to go through every single one of these, yeah, but, yeah. but Katie and I, what we did was we went through all of those and kind of highlighted ones that we personally felt that, you know, we were kind of like, you know, th- seeing how that is a possibility to us, like basically our selections. Yeah. And then we also added a couple um, that Paul didn't have on yeah. his list. Yeah. So, hey, Paul, we're throwing you a curveball. <laughs> um, uh, the f- one I wanted to just discuss, and not that I actually think that it's going to get nominated, is um, Ed Sheeran's number six collaborations project. This is a sort of a weird one because uh, it's hard with an album like this where you are every single song is a collaboration to have sort of a cohesiveness and that's I think probably something the Recording Academy is looking for in an album of the year candidate Um, so it's it's a weird one to like necessarily think is going to get nominated Ed meanwhile was nominated for Multiply was not nominated for Divide so like there's also a spotty track record just with that alone yeah so well and the and the other thing going for the number six collaborations project is that you have every song being a collaboration so every song has another artist on it that could be voting for you yeah and not just another artist voting for you but uh, the camps of all of those various artists and people that work with them Um, another album like that which is not on Paul's list but something that we were just suggesting recent friend of the podcast uh, Cheryl Crow with her album Threads uh, every song is collaboration and every song has sometimes more than one collaborator and a lot of those collaborators skew older mm-hmm. so they're going to have more of an established history with Grammy voters a lot of I mean I counted Just up full on legends I counted up um, uh, there are more than 150 Grammy awards across 
<laughs> her collaborators. Whoa. That's something to look at. That's just awards, not nominations. That's, that's how many they've won. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. So if you just look at that, you're like, maybe. And she has like a very cohesive story around it. There are all the right. threads around, you know, her life and all these people inspire her. And so, I mean, it's a very compelling story. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two that have a lot of people behind it that could help it. Um, some other possibilities. Um, very pop-oriented, Jonas Brothers' Happiness Begins. I think that'd be really cool, honestly. This is a, it's a really good album. It is very polished and very pop and very, like, you know, of the machine. It's people that, you know, songwriters and producers and whatnot that are putting out the shiniest pop there is. And it's great. It's like, and it's, it's just, it's the whole comeback has been really fun. That said, they might just have to settle for record of the year for Sucker. Honestly, if they get any big four category, I'm sure they will be pumped as all hell. They obviously were nominated for Best New Artist when they first came out, that's but that's it. Their, oh, that's been their only big that's four nomination. One. Yep. Um, another fun one, uh, and this came in right at the beginning of the eligibility period, was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's soundtrack to A Star Is Born. I really want this to get a nomination. I think that if I'm making my dream eight, this is in there. Um, and I think it's different than a lot of soundtracks because, you know, these are two people playing, you know, these fictional artists. And so it's almost like a duo album of Jackson Maine and Allie from yeah. the movie. And so it, it's, it's like a little different than your typical soundtrack and a little more cohesive in that sense. And uh, some of the best music, some of my favorite music from last fall is this album and this movie. Um, you also brought up another soundtrack the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. I mean, that had such a big hit with uh, Sunflower from Post Malone and Sway Lee. Um, and it was a very successful album. And it's a hip-hop album. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. We need this. There needs to be something hip-hop in here. So. so it would be a way to recognize a huge movie that had a big soundtrack with a huge number one hit. Um and also hip hop at the same yeah. time, yep. and you know they've they've gone this direction before. They nominated the Black Panther soundtrack a couple years ago. That had more hit singles on it, so I can see why. And that had a different kind of momentum. But um, Spider Man is a possibility. I think it's kind of an outside shot, but it's a possibility. And to that point, this was not on Paul's list. This is Keith's yes. own. Uh, uh, Spider Man and pick. Cheryl Crow were on. Keith's own personal list. list. Um, okay, so we've already mentioned Kane Brown's experiment uh, in terms of the country options. Yeah. I think we both think possibly Maggie Rogers heard it in a past life could get in there. Love that album. Um, certainly a very strong contender, I think, for Best New Artist. Yes. Um, I think Katie mentioned this one earlier. Uh, Louis Capaldi's Divinely Uninspired to a hellish extent. Speaking of this album, I mean, we actually, we brought up Ed Sheeran. And I think that uh, when he first came out he was a little like he was definitely embraced by the recording academy and lewis feels like the kind of character that the recording academy is gonna like right and this was a massive album in the uk mm-hmm. uh obviously um somebody you used to love that's right did i just say it right someone no. you used to love i said somebody I, yeah someone you used to love is like just now like setting on fire in the u.s perfect timing perfect timing um, and so I think that will make it so other people start discovering this full project that's already been this huge hit overseas. It, it just all feels like it might line up really nicely for him. Katie also uh, mentioned the 1975s, A Brief Inquiry into online relationships. That's just a great album. Yeah. So I think I, I <laughs> that's mean, my that's my stance on that one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, that was also on Paul's list. Um, yes. A, a, a couple things that were not on Paul's list that um, we would like to mention. Um, 
I'm here's mine, and then yeah, Katie you go can, first. So this is super oddball, but it actually got pretty good reviews. The first album from this act in a very very long time had a big debut, very buzzy. Um, Tool with Fear Inoculum, number one album. Tool's never been nominated People for any big award. Were rabid for this album, like it came back with such a huge bang. Like they came back with such a huge bang. Like, I mean, it's, it'd be it's such a weird, weird, like nomination. I could see it though, but I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they have eight slots, and like rock has always been overappreciated by the Grammys, so I think that might help a little True. bit. But more like traditional rock. This is a little harder probably than what the Recording Academy normally celebrates, but. Uh, I don't think this would be... I think it would surprise people, but I don't think it would be entirely out of, like, left field. I think it's probably more likely than, like, you know, Slipknot. <laughs> yes. Being nominated. <laughs> yes, um, if we're talking hard rock. Uh, someone that I, that I before you say yours, yeah. and I should have put it on here, but I didn't. Um, uh, Vampire Weekend's album... Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that had pretty great reviews. and Another welcomed comeback. Number one album. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility because you would you would think if you have a nice well rounded top you know eight it's like there's going to be a lot of pop but you want a hip hop you want a rock you want a country you want to make sure that you're kind of not only representing like the best but also maybe kind of represent all the genres diversity can, diversity it's mm-hmm. not you know especially the, with with eight picks there's room to really like let the cream of the crop of each genre shine yeah. sort of you know of each major genre as long as it's sensible sounding yeah yeah. Um, speaking of which, yeah. um, we were talking about Latin albums, you know, whether a, a Spanish language album has ever been nominated for album of the year. And we learned from speaking with awards editor Paul Grine that it has never happened before, hmm. which is sort of stunning when you think about all the mainstream crossover success of songs, uh, Latin songs that mm-hmm. has happened recently. Um, so the one that I would kind of throw my weight behind and has been submitted is, uh, Rosalia's album, El Mal Querer. Let me say that with a sad rolling R. We, we, <laughs> we, we suggested, and I think Paul suggested in the past that she is a likely contender for Best New Artist. Yes. Probably so, the more likely Probably more likely that she'll get a Best New Artist yeah. nomination. And I think because, uh, Latin music and Spanish language music has been so track and single dominated. In the past few years, it's less about a full body of work and more about individual tracks. I think that's why we see more track recognition maybe in the top categories like Despacito. And what was it? I Like It? Yes. Uh, with Bad Bunny and Cardi and the third person whose name I just fell out. Jay Balvin. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a possibility, but who knows? Yeah, um, We'll see. It, it feels like a ma- only a matter of time that a Spanish language album will break through here. And not to say that there hasn't been like albums with Spanish on it. Like I, I immediately thought of uh, Santana Supernatural. Oh sure. Which is not. It's there is Spanish artists on it. who you would consider Latin artists have been nominated, but th- not a Spanish language album. Right. Yep. Okay. So uh, we'll find out if we did well with our uh, predictions and suggestions on November. I feel like 20th. we're in competition with Paul now. Well, I don't know. I think we, I <laughs> not think, really. I think we blurred this up enough. No we're all on the same team. Can't really tell. Um, so, uh, who do you think will get a nomination? Uh, someone that we haven't thought of? Tweet us. Tweet us. 
at KT Atkinson and at Keith underscore Caulfield. Throw in Paul there too. We're like the um, we're like the Democratic debate uh, candidates throwing in their websites at the end of their closing well, arguments. Did you not see that? Oh my God! Last no, week. I didn't watch the seven-hour marathon. <laughs> I did not. I saw the highlights. It was later. so tacky. It was like, and now go to www and they use the www.coreybooker.com <laughs> to find out who I am. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. terrible. I'm so sorry, Corey. Okay. Now, it's time for the Chart Stat of the Week. And it's Quiz Katie time. Uh, Katie. Oh, Quiz Katie. Surprise. Hey. Of the winners for Album of the Year, mm. which was the most recent winner that was not a top 10 charting album on the Billboard 200 chart before it won. Mm. So therefore, we're not counting the albums that zoomed into the top 10 after mm-hmm, they won. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at only those albums that, you know, before they were announced the winner, they had never gone top 10. Uh, because obviously the exposure of a huge Grammy win has caused many an album to vault far up the list. Okay, I have an instant guess. Oh, okay, My great. instant guess is Beck's Morning Phase. No, that actually de- de- debuted in the top 10. Really? Yeah. Well, and um, how recent are we talking here? I mean, within the past 20 years. Oh, 20. Well, less than 20. I mean, what about that Herbie Hancock, Joni? Ding, 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 Joni ding, ding. letters, r- the river. <laughs> What's the, it called? You're, I think you're... The river colon Joni letters. Stop, stop. <laughs> so it was Herbie Hancock's river colon the Joni letters. Hey, that was the line, all the words there, just in a total word soup. <laughs> Released in 2007, it won Album of the Year in 2008. The album debuted at number 118 on wow. the October 13th, 2017 dated Billboard 200 chart. It spent one more week on the list and then vaporized off the tally until February 23rd when it re-entered at number 159 after I think like a day of impact after the Grammy mm-hmm. Awards. And then the next week, the album vaulted all the way up to number five. Uh, that year, River, the Joni Letters, beat out the following albums. I was just looking that up. So you have this in front of I you. I do. To okay. win Album of I the mean, Year. I mean, I know Kanye's in there. Kanye West, Graduation. Yeah. Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Yeah. Foo Fighters, Echoes, Silence, Patience and Grace, and Vince Gill's These Days. I mean, I love you, Herbie. You've done great work. The idea of graduation and back to black being denied that album of the year. Vote split. Oof. Old people voting. Oof. I don't know. Wild. Wild. So so there you have it. Fun little throwback to 2008 when Herbie Hancock's River, The Joni Letters, took home album of the year without even having previously visited the top 10, (laughs) 40, or even top 100 of the Billboard 200 chart. I wish I had river so long I could teach my feet to fly All right, we've reached the end of our big album of the year Grammy show. Kanye's still mad about that. Any parting words? <laughs> oh, should we should we listen to a song from that Herbie Hancock album to or did we already hear one in the intro to Quiz Katie? Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm, I didn't put one in the intro because that would have given it away. Oh, right, right. So uh, I was going to suggest actually Herbie Hancock's most famous song, which is oh, Rocket. Oh, Rocket. Please, let's do that. All right, see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.